has been cleared, which means Brock Purdy is going to start week one for the San Francisco 49ers. Pencil that in, market and pen. We also have Saquon Barkley returning to the New York Giants. He signs a new deal. Jonathan Taylor placed on the physically unable to perform list. And Kadarius Tony goes for knee surgery earlier today. We've got all of that with Justin Boone from The Score. It's going to be another fantastic episode of Player Profile today. In Justin, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. How's your day and what have you been working on throughout the summer? Uh, been working up until last week, was working really, really hard to get the score fantasy football draft kit up, and uh, that went live last week. And now we continue to update it daily, so there's still lots of content going in there, but it's uh, a big endeavor to get it up the, the first time around and the graphics and all that stuff done. So, really happy that that's up now, and now we just get to tweak it based off all the news that we're getting coming out here from training camp starting. So it's a very fun time of year. And you can find all of that on the score website, anywhere else you can find it. Uh, you can follow me on, on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it these days uh, at Justin Boone over there. Uh, lots of links to all my work there. And, and the big thing too, there's a lot of pay sites out there. There's a lot of draft kits that people pay for. The score is continuing to put ours out for free. So that's a, a bonus for anyone. If you're looking for the uh, the value, it's uh, definitely, I would stand by all my work in there. Some of the most accurate rankings in the industry. Yeah, that's some pretty damn good work that's going out there for free. The people are lucky to benefit from your knowledge, as are we on at Player Profiler. We're so happy to have you here today. Breaking down so much news, so much stuff has happened day after day ever since they started returning to training camp and today we get brock purdy cleared by the san francisco 49ers he's going to be throwing two out of three days and this just locks in that he's starting week one right yeah it really seems so and it's kind of been pointing this way for a while right like i feel like it was a month or two ago when i moved him up from sort of the really low end of the top 32 into the top 20. And that's kind of where I think he should be. We could maybe make an argument that he could be even higher last year when he finally got in there. You look at from week 13 on, he was a top 12 fantasy quarterback in fantasy points per game. And part of it is the system there. Part of it is all the great weapons. It's just a perfect scenario. We've seen a bunch of quarterbacks, Jimmy G and others perform really well for fantasy in that offense. And, Purdy's the latest one might not be the most physically gifted quarterback. I think we could probably all agree on that. Uh, you know, a lot of the beat writers are talking about Sam Darnold being a better pure passer. And we know Trey Lance, very athletically gifted and he got a great arm and whether he can bring it all together and move his way up the depth chart at this point. Cause I think he's probably third on the depth chart going to training camp here. But um, I think that Purdy is going to be the guy in week one. And I, I think they've kind of just been signaling that for a while. So it's nice to see that it looks like he's going to be healthy. Now we just have to find out, did that arm lose anything? Because if he's coming from a standpoint where he doesn't have the most powerful arm and now he's undergoing the elbow surgery, he's coming back from that. Are we going to see any sort of diminished throwing power, anything that could impact him out there? But right now, I think he should be a top 20 guy. Not that he's really going to sneak into the top 12 and be a QB one for fantasy. It's possible, but more of a solid QB two and a guy that, you know, in best ball, if you've been getting them, if you have them in dynasty super flex leagues, somebody that you're going to be happy to have in your lineup. 
And you were happy to have him in your lineup last year. I'm including the playoffs in the sample size, except for the NFC Championship game because he only threw four right. passes. But in games that he started and finished, he averaged 19.63 fantasy points per contest. That would be behind Lamar Jackson and ahead of Kyler Murray as the QB7 in points per game. And you can get him for basically nothing. And even as we see his ADP start to climb, it's going to be a slow process. ADP doesn't just jump like that. So Brock Purdy is going to be going pretty high in the near future because Debo wasn't affected ADP-wise. Kittle, Ayuk, CMC, everyone's been drafting all those guys over and over again. We're going to see that ADP climb just like we're going to see the ADP for Saquon Barkley climb now that he's signed a contract to stick with the New York Giants, at least for one year, going to show up for training camp. Were you worried before, and how does this new contract adjust, if at all, your rankings? It doesn't adjust at all. It's good news for fantasy managers because then it makes it seem like Saquon's going to be there week one, which is great. Not great news for Saquon or for all the disgruntled running backs who are hoping to get more money because he didn't really get that much more on top of the, the franchise tag that he would have got. So uh, that's a whole other conversation. We're here to talk fantasy. It doesn't really matter you know, what the contracts are going to be. We just want to see him out there. So I think he'll be out there week one. I kind of always thought that he would be out there week one. It would really shock me if one of these running backs does try to hold out into the regular season. I assumed that he was going to sit out some of training camp. I didn't think it was going to get resolved this quickly for him. And we'll see with Josh Jacobs how long he actually pushes it. But the bigger question is going to be later in the season. If we see Saquon or any one of these guys who are unhappy with their contract get banged up, get hurt. Are they going to push as hard to get back on the field? Are they going to play through these injuries? Or are they going to look at it like, you know what? They weren't willing to pay me what I wanted. And they're going to use that as an excuse to miss some time. It might come down to whether the Giants are in playoff contention or not. But we'll we'll see about that. But regardless, I think Saquon should be up in the top 10. When he's out there, he is going to be one of the best backs for fantasy. And this is good news, like I said, for fantasy managers, that it takes a little bit of the, the worry and the concern off the table though like i said later in the season is now what we have to look at see i hadn't thought about that yet that if yeah i'm i'm nicked up i'm banged up i'm bruised up i got a because there's every player in the nfl has so many injuries that we just don't know about i don't know if you ever watched quarterback the netflix special that came out but kirk cousins was hurt all season long no one had a clue so they hide this stuff from us are the running backs going to still continue to hide it if Say it's a, an, a low ankle sprain where, yeah, you could come back after a game, maybe two, but, uh, you know, maybe they take the full four-week injury, right? I, I Especially running back, right, at that position where you know for sure those guys are going to get hurt during the year. And even if they're not missing time, they're just playing at a diminished level, but a lot of them play through it. I, I do worry about that. I worry a little more about Jacobs, obviously, because he doesn't have the contract because there were the reports that he was seen leaving Vegas actually today. So, you know, is he actually going to come back anytime soon? We don't know about that. And he seems to have the personality where maybe he'd be a little closer to Le'Veon Bell and doing something a little nuts and taking some regular season games off. But I still think that's a, a long shot. And regardless, I've moved Zamir White up a bit. I haven't really moved Jacobs down, and I didn't move Barkley down through all of this either. But Zamir White, somebody that I think has to be on everybody's radar. You get in the later rounds and could be that, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to be James Conner, but early in the season might get some starts if Jacobs isn't out there. 
and see, this is where I was the whole time with this dilemma was, okay, Saquon Barkley, he's not going to miss games. He's going to show up right in time for week one. And so he's going to struggle to start the season, not because he's not, well, he's, he's going to see a reduced snap share because he's not healthy or in football shape. They're going to play James Robinson and Matt Breida. Now I'm not worried about that at all. I'm a little bit worried about that for Josh Jacobs. I still think he shows up week one, but that's why you move Zamir White up instead because Josh Jacobs still has the ceiling that he had. But Zamir White could end up mixing in if Josh Jacobs, say, doesn't show up until the week before week one. Hey, Zamir White is going to see 40% of the touches potentially. It's possible. And he is a size speed freak. We love guys like Zamir White too. Absolutely. Yeah. Really hard nose, straight line runner, not somebody that's going to be a, a three down back, but he would get the bulk of the early down carries. And then we'd see somebody like uh, Amir Abdullah pick up some of the passing down work. I don't think it'll result in Abdullah having much fantasy value, but white somebody that could be a little bit interesting. Oh, it's so funny when you look at the Raiders stats from last year, because it's just all Jacobs and carries a little bit of Zamir White, a little bit of Brandon Bolden and Amir Abdullah, who actually was RB2 in snaps. He had four carries. He had tied with Mac Hollins for carries. It was it was it's a ridiculous team. This Las Vegas Raiders is. But before we get into more of the news, the pod father has a word for us. Now, as we at Player Profiler have become a full-blown machine learning company, the crowning achievement has to be the injury finder. We're now taking BMI data and injury history data and assigning a probability that a player is injured on any given touch. And not only can you see a player's fragility rating, their injury risk, we also have analysis from professional physical therapists breaking down all the major players that underwent surgery last year and what their rehabilitation looks like heading into 2023. There's a tool to compare players as a database where you can say, show me all the foot injuries, show me all the severe injuries, show me all the injuries requiring surgery. It provides you the key market intelligence to know what is the difference in probability that player X versus player Y will miss games this year. It's great for fantasy football, and it also just satisfies your curiosity as a fan. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download it. It's five bucks every year just to reload the latest injury predictions and fragility ratings. The 2023 data is live now. Open your phone and get smarter. Justin, you called this before the show about how, you know, sometimes you start a show and then, oh, news breaks and you got to start over. We're live, so we're not starting over. But Justin Herbert has signed a contract with the Los Angeles Chargers. Five years, $262.5 million. That is $52.4 million per year. That's big time. Yeah, I saw it blowing up on my phone over here. I didn't know if you wanted to bring it up. I feel Happy like if to. it was my show, I would have said it, but I was letting you kind of <laughs> take the lead on that one. Uh, yeah, well-deserved. He came into the league, and even though people kind of discounted him a little bit, I think, in, in Dynasty rookie drafts when he first came out, he ended up being an excellent value. He's clearly one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He's got great weapons. They're building around him now, and yeah, well-deserved. Well Doesn't really change much for fantasy, but uh Definitely like to see the the good players getting contracts and we'd like to see the good running backs getting contracts too, but that's not on us. No, that is not on us. We can't control everything. We can't get all the things we want, but I find it interesting with Justin Herbert. It doesn't change anything for fantasy, but remember a month ago when there was that headline, oh, Justin Herbert could hold out. Justin Herbert says he might hold out. He knows that's something he can do. And then you read the whole quote or listen to the interview and it's, yeah, I'm a quarterback. I'm a good teammate, a good teammate, a good quarterback, a good leader shows up. So yeah, I could do that, but that's not who I am. And people just ran with the holdout. 
from Justin Herbert. There was a similar interview with Saquon Barkley where he kind of suggested that like, well, yeah, maybe I could sit out week one, but said almost the same thing that like, yeah, I'm going to have to think about that. And am I that guy and all, a whole bunch of stuff. And if you watch the whole interview, it sure seemed like he wanted to be out there as soon as possible. And that he was just kind of floating that out there as public negotiating. Maybe his agent has told him to say that or whatever, but uh yeah, a lot of those stories that come out, yeah, I always tell people, whether it's fantasy, whether it's politics, whatever, click on the link, go and read the article for yourself, <laughs> form your own opinion. Don't just trust somebody else that's aggregating it. You got to make sure that you're reading that yourself and, and figuring out what they're actually saying in there. Yeah, reading the whole story, novel concepts, but actually helps. And I guess that is what part of why people listen to us is so that True. we can break it down for them. But other people don't break it down so good, and that's when you get misquoted things like Justin Herbert. But a player that might actually be holding out is Jonathan Taylor. He's being placed on the physically unable to perform list. He did have ankle surgery earlier this offseason, but we know he wants a new contract. It seems as though J.K. Dobbins is also on the PUP and injured, but he's just trying to negotiate. What do you make of all this? You're not adjusting anyone here, I imagine? No, not yet. I think it's just something to monitor. If it even is about the injuries, like you said, everybody has to remember this is the active pup list, right? It's not the regular season pup list. These guys can come off any time. And we're talking, Dobbins has missed a bunch of times, so maybe the Ravens want to see him out there. But Taylor, a veteran on the team now, a guy who's produced the last few seasons, somebody that they don't need for the first day of training camp. They can ease him back in coming off the offseason surgery. So whether the, the contract's part of that or not, he can show up at any time. He can be activated at any time. So it's not really a worry for me yet, but it's something in the back of my mind. And like I said, I still doubt that any of these guys that are unhappy with their contract miss actual regular season time at the start of the year because of it. But We'll add them to the list of, you know, those running backs that later in the season, if they get banged up, if their teams aren't in contention, maybe they miss some time then. And Taylor, that could happen with the Colts. Probably not going to happen with Dobbins and the Ravens. But the the flip side of this coin is that Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins have no leverage in negotiations. Dobbins isn't yeah. getting a contract, period, from the Ravens. Taylor might. There's a chance that the Colts give Jonathan Taylor an extension. Dobbins won't. And so he has to go out, put on the best tape he can possibly do. And in order to do that, he has to work through training camp, learn this new offense. So I'm not worried for fantasy. I think Dobbins was already a value. I think he's going to continue to be a value with this news. Yeah, it'll probably bump these guys down a little bit in ADP. And I think people could take advantage. Taylor's still a, a really good second round pick. And Dobbins is interesting, but I constantly go back and forth on the idea that they've never really, like they don't unleash their backs the way that we'd like to see for fantasy. We don't see, you know, enough passes to them. We don't see them getting those targets that are so valuable. We often see a, a second guy involved like Gus Edwards when he's been healthy. I'm not too worried about Melvin Gordon showing up there. I think Gordon's probably... I think he's out of gas at this point. I don't really think it's going to take a few injuries, let's say before Melvin Gordon could have any value. And even then could he be Kenyon Drake last year, I guess maybe in that offense, but not feeling too great about Melvin Gordon being a fantasy asset at this point. So we'll keep an eye on it, but it's something that right now I'm not overly worried about. And like you said, I'm not moving them down at all. I think Melvin Gordon is insurance for Gus Edwards because he wasn't practicing this offseason too. And they kind of had to do it because if Dobbins and Edwards are both not fully healthy, 
that leaves only Justice Hill to get 100% of the first team snaps. And that just isn't how you run an offseason. It doesn't make any sense. So I get it. I'm not worried. And I'm excited to hopefully capitalize on the drop in ADP for these guys. One player that I am actually worried about, and his ADP is starting to go into free fall, is Kadarius Tony. Because first it was Kadarius Tony had a knee tweak, which isn't a real injury. That's just something they say. And then two days later, you hear, yeah, he had surgery. He had knee surgery. They cleaned up some cartilage. And now we don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. They're hopeful that he can contribute early in the year. But your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, it was weird how this kind of trickled out. It was like Travis Kelsey kind of tipped us off there. And then we got the actual news today. It's unfortunate because from a talent perspective, the quickness, Tony just moves different than everybody. And whether that actually leads to all these injuries that he gets, I don't know what kind of torque or what kind of, you know, pressure he's putting on his body and his muscles, but we just haven't seen him stay healthy for long stretches. And when he arrived in Kansas city, this was kind of the year that we were looking at last year. He was going to have to learn on the fly this year. He'd get a full off season. Patrick Mahomes even talked about him being the number one receiver in that offense. You know, Travis Kelsey is really the number one receiver, but out of the actual receivers, the number one guy. And now already now he's going to miss training camp preseason valuable reps to get on the same page with everybody. So yeah, I, I'm moving him down. Um, somebody that, you know, you had to put him at a certain point just because if he does hit, there's like top 12 upside for fantasy among receivers just based on the talent that he has and the offense and the quarterback. But now, and I kind of was feeling this way before this injury, to be honest, um, just because some of the immaturity that we see off the field is account got hacked, right? And he's, he's saying yeah, things to fans and you add that to all these injuries and everything. You start to worry. I know at any point a, a young player can mature and it can come together, but just started to worry that there was a lot of red flags with him, even in this offense. And Mahomes kind of tipped us off last year that after Travis Kelsey, after Tyree kill left, they wanted to spread the ball around a little bit more. And that's kind of what they did last season. We saw a lot more rotation amongst the receivers. Nobody really stood out. There wasn't a huge star like a Tyree kill among the receivers. And this year I kind of worry that it's going to be the same. Now I'm taking shots on sky Moore. I'm taking shots on Rishi Rice. I think both those guys are, are really, really interesting. More somebody that's been talked up a lot throughout the offseason that the coaching staff has mentioned as somebody that could step into the slot. Rishi Rice, a lot of camp highlights of him making great catches. And we know Mahomes can elevate these players. So those are two that I've kind of taken a little bit more of. MVS is someone that he's out there a lot. He's going to run a lot of routes. He's more of just that field stretcher. He's not putting up big fantasy stats. Somebody that you can get late in best ball and, you know, maybe you get him in your lineup that way and he'll give you a few weeks. But you look back to what he did last year. I'm pretty sure he only had double digit fantasy points in like four games. And none of them were like massive games. Like they weren't week winning contests. They were like he was barely scraping past, you know, 10 to, to 15 fantasy points. So just not a player that I'm that interested in. I want to know who's going to play the slot in this offense. I think Sky Moore has the best chance. I think Rice could compete with him there, but there's 101 targets that were left behind by Juju. Somebody's going to get those, and Moore and Rasheed Rice are the two guys that I'm really focused on that I'm willing to take where they're going, which is pretty late right now. I think more you can get in the eighth, ninth round. Rasheed Rice is more of like a 12th or 13th round pick. 
they'll probably sneak up a little bit based on this injury to Kadarius Tony, but you want pieces of this offense. I would just temper your expectations. I don't know that any of these guys are going to emerge and be that massive fantasy star unless Travis Kelsey gets hurt, which, you know, knock on wood, we don't want to see happen. Yeah, absolutely. We do not want anything to happen to Travis Kelsey. My Scott Fishbowl team would be absolutely ruined. <laughs> But I agree. This is a offense where there's going to be multiple wide receiver one weeks from multiple different players. Sky Moore is going to have a wide receiver one week, maybe three, four. Rashi Rice is going to have some explosive weeks. Richie James is starting Richie to James, get all this yep. camp hype too. I should have mentioned him as a late round guy. Yeah, for sure. And it's there's a role or a world where, like you said, these guys end up in the slot. You can start them week in, week out. That's never going to happen with MVS. And you're just going to want him in best ball. The other option is DFS. That's the only other way I will have any MVS this season. Cause he's just not that guy. Whereas sky Moore, for the first time ever, I saw sky Moore drafted ahead of Kadarius Tony yesterday. And I think that's going to just keep going up and up. I won't be surprised to see him start slipping into the sixth, seventh round. Yeah. I was working on the rankings today and I was moving sky Moore above Tony for sure. And we, all we have to do with sky Moore, we got to get like a petition going to get that number changed 24. Like, come on, man, we need a different number. Absolutely. It's so, so bad. At least with Devin Hester, you understood it. Cause he's the kick returner yeah. and he's Devin Hester, but you got, if you're going to wear 24, you have to have all time swag and sky Moore. I like him a lot. He just doesn't have that level of swag. Not yet. Maybe, not maybe yet. at some point, but yeah. Not yet. Not yet. What do you think about this? Jimmy Graham to the Saints. I thought it was a one-day contract. <laughs> it's a one-year contract. I had the same reaction. I clicked on it to see, oh, he's retiring with them. That's great. Um, I don't think we need to spend much time on this one at all. I think he's more of just like a mascot. They're bringing him back. He'll be the tight end three on the depth chart. You know, maybe he'll catch a touchdown or two, but I don't think it's going to make much of a fantasy uh, difference. So I don't think we need, really need to worry about it. No, not at all. I think he might be the tight end four because Taysom Hill's technically a tight end <laughs> too. Yeah. We got Foster Moreau, Juwan Johnson. He's irrelevant, but I had to ask because I genuinely laughed out loud when I saw Jimmy Graham to the Saints. And I smiled quite a bit when I saw Javante Williams was going to avoid the PUP list, unlike Brees Hall. Javante Williams, he is well on pace to start week one. I still believe Brees Hall is going to be out there week one, but Javante Williams versus Brees Hall, one's on PUP, one's not, one's a little bit more athletic, one's a little bit more attached to Russell Wilson. What do you think here? Well, I think we're looking at two different players. Like I saw a lot of people say, oh my God, you know, Javante's, you know, avoiding pup and Brees isn't, and you know, should they be closer in the ranks and stuff? I don't think so, because I think the ceiling for Brees Hall is if he was completely healthy is RB one overall. And I think what we've seen from Javante, the Broncos, and I know it was a different coaching staff, but I don't think it's going to change in this respect. They haven't really given him like a workhorse load. It just, it hasn't happened. And the fact that they brought in Samaj P Ryan and talked up Samaj P Ryan as somebody that's going to have a real role in the offense I don't think that Javante is going to get the kind of volume that's going to allow him to be a top 10, top 12 running back, especially coming off this injury, which apparently, according to the injury analysts, his was a little more complicated than Brees's was. But we'll see. You look at this, it's the active pup list. So like we said earlier, 
Brees could come off at any time. We could be talking about this now. And then a couple days from now, Brees Hall gets activated and we're right back to them being sort of even. But when you look at what they have here, I had to write some of the stats down. Hall's a year younger. And like you mentioned, just way more athletic, the 4.39 40-yard time coming out, 9.96 relative athletic score, just almost perfect in that category. And like I said, Hall played over 60% of the snaps in half of his games last year before he got hurt. And I'm not counting the week seven game where he actually got hurt, because like you did earlier, that's the smart way to do it. You take out the game where they actually got injured. But three of the six full games that he played, he was out there 60% of the snaps or more. So he was already showing that he could be the workhorse there. He was the RB nine over those first six games in fantasy points per game and half PPR league. So showing that really high end upside Javante a year older, 4.62 40 time at his pro day, 40th percentile speed score, 8.79 RAS score. And Javante only topped 60% of the snaps uh, twice in his career over 21 games. So I know Melvin Gordon was still there, but he was kind of fading a little bit at that point. You look at what Javante did. I mean, over the second half of his rookie season, RB19, 12.6 fantasy points per game. Last year, RB35 over those those first four games before he got hurt, 8.6 fantasy points per game in those. It just doesn't seem like the Broncos have a plan to turn the backfield over to him and give him, you know, the vast majority, give him that 70% or even 65% snap share. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I think we've seen with Sean Payton backfields in the past that they want to use multiple guys. P Ryan is the perfect option. And I still have questions about whether Javante is going to be a hundred percent in week one. Are they really going to want to max him out right off the start because of the injury too? So I'm a little bit worried for him in terms of what his ceiling is. I think you look at Brees and you say, if all things are equal, if everyone is actually healthy this year and hundred percent and back to form, Brees has RB one upside. I think Javante Williams is capped at RB two upside, but tell me if I'm wrong. You seem more excited about Javante than I am. No, I'm excited about Javante Williams pace. And I think he's going as a value because you can get him at the RB 29 ish still. So I think that's a value, but it's not going to be a value for long. People are going to overreact to the Javante Williams being off the PUP list. And like you said, they brought in Samaje P. Ryan. And the one thing, the one game we got excited about Javante last year, he caught 11 passes from Russell Wilson. He's not going to be on the field for those third downs. Now that's what they brought Samaje P. Ryan in to do. By the end of the season, Javante Williams, maybe he's seeing 60% of the snaps, maybe. But I guarantee you by the end of the season, Brees Hall will be seeing over 60% of the snaps. He will be, he could flirt with 80% of the snaps if he heals properly. The only thing that could change this is if Dalvin Cook ends up with the Jets. And right now, yes. next team odds, I think they have, the Jets are third, I believe, behind the the Patriots and the Dolphins. And it's, it's kind of close still, but it doesn't seem like they're the favorites to get him. The the kind of drumbeat seems to be leaning away towards that from what I'm seeing, but it's possible that Dalvin could end up there when he finally decides to take whatever money a team is willing to give him. And if that happens, then that could change the outlook a little bit because Dalvin would get involved a little more and that would drop Brees Hall for sure. Yeah, that's the one thing, the one player that can hurt him. If that happens, changes everything because he's probably not as healthy as we think either, but 
if they avoid that. And it sounds like Dalvin Cook is using the Jets. It really sounds as though he's taking the Jets offer and going to every other team. Hey, look what the Jets offered me. I really don't want to go there, but look what they offered me. <laughs> Miami, please match what the Jets gave me, please. Yeah, all of the, the liking and sharing all the different posts for the Jets and the Patriots and the Dolphins. I think he's just hoping to play them against each other and maybe get somebody uh, enticed to actually give him a little more money. But I think they're just waiting it out and... I think he's going to end up in Miami is still kind of what I've held strong to that. He's going to stay, you know, take the the hometown discount and end up there, but who knows what's going to happen. I mean, with these running backs, I just feel bad for them. Seems to be a, a running theme here that we keep going back to the running back contracts, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of an unfortunate situation. These poor, poor running backs. We feel so bad for them. Final question before we get you out of here. Who is your breakout player of 2023? Is it a running back? Do we finally get to be happy about a running back? Or who are we looking at? There's so many that we could go with. Um, If we're looking at running backs, I know a lot of people are down on Alexander Madison, but he's somebody that I like. I don't want to say him, though. Everybody talks about him. Cam Akers is a running back that I think will actually see. Everyone thinks that he's broken out already, but he hasn't actually because of the injury that happened in last year. Really didn't get going, really didn't get back to form till late in the season, but I think he's going to have a really good season. Um I'll say, you know, a guy that I don't think it's talked about enough is Jahan Dotson. And if you go back to last year, he had a, a lot of injuries that kind of like, you know, threw off his rookie year. But when he was out there, when he played at least 70% of the snaps, he averaged just under four catches, 57 yards, and nearly a touchdown per contest. And if you take that, you pace it out, it was it was eight games where he played at least 70% of the snaps. If you pace that out, it'd be 64 grabs, 963 yards, and 13 scores. And yes, 13 scores is ridiculous. He's probably not going to get up near that mark, but it at least shows you what he can do in that area of the field, right? He is going to be a factor around the red zone. He could potentially put up a big touchdown total. So I really like what I'm hearing from OTAs that he was building chemistry with Sam Howell. Um, just somebody that I think should maybe be a little closer to his teammate, Terry McLaurin, and you can get him right now at a three round discount from McLaurin. So a guy that I've ended up, ended up with a, a lot of in my drafts and somebody that I think is going to be a, a big time fantasy factor for a lot of years to come here starting this season. Jahan Dotson is just hashtag good at football. He's just a good football player. He just gets open scores touchdowns just does everything you could possibly ask and justin thank you for doing everything we could possibly ask all these questions you answered them so well any final thoughts any pluggables to plug we've got the score draft kit that you've got to go check out got to follow him on twitter at justin boone anything else we're missing here yeah i mean download the the score app that's where you're going to find this it's a free app draft kits free my content's free in there and also the, the score fantasy football show, which uh, right now we're doing multiple times a week during the season. That'll ramp up even more. Uh, lots of great guests on there. We'll have to have you on soon. I would love to join the show. Pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for joining. And we will see you all next time. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.